Join a Planet Fitness near you from $5 a week plus no locking contract. Enjoy tons of equipment and small group classes. Upgrade to our Black Card membership to bring a friend for free and access our Black Card Spa. Planetfitness.com.au Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low-maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Anton Cooper joins us uh, this morning, and uh, Anton Cooper, of course, is a very, very successful uh, Kiwi cross-country mountain biker. Um, he's uh, been on the road for quite some time, having uh, competed in the Olympics um, and has uh, been in the subsequent events as well around Europe in particular. Uh, good morning to you, Anton, uh, and MIQ, but you can see the finish line in sight. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, it's getting, getting a bit closer. Um, look, here in the final few days of uh, MIQ, after a massive, massive season competing overseas, including uh, the uh, Tokyo Olympics, how, how long has it been since you slept in your own bed, man? Well, far too long. I left, I think I left like April the 23rd or something like that, 24th. So by the time I get out, it's, yeah, it's over six months. It's a long time, mate, uh, for anyone to be away. Um, but you have been active. You've been busy, including the Olympics. Three months, almost three months to the day since uh, that memorable event. To tell us a wee bit about it um, as uh, as an experience, because it was sapping. It was tough. Um, I think I followed every every minute of your race, and I, I got to know the course not as well as you, but I felt like I knew it really well. Uh, can you take us back to that day? Yeah, I mean, I'm flying. You said it's three months, it feels like uh, not too long ago, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a very tough race. The, the temperature and the humidity in Tokyo is always going to be a factor, and um, the course conditions being, they hadn't had much rain um, in, a, in quite, a, quite a while, it seemed there, so the course was very dusty and dry, and that made the rocks quite slick and, and uh, challenging as well, so what was already a technical course became quite hard, you know, traction on the climbs, traction on off-camber sections and, and the rock gardens was, was difficult and, yeah, the temperature and humidity as well. So um, you add that to what's uh, the best field in the world, you know, competing at Olympics, it's going to be a tough race. But, yeah. man, the experience of being there, racing um, at that level and all the years building up to it and to have a good performance as well was, um, yeah, I have really special memories from that forever. One of the things that strikes me about mountain biking and most of the courses I've been looking at, the, the opportunity to pass people, um, you know, they're, they're very few and far between because so much of it's such a narrow um, t type circuit. So um, tactically, I, I guess you have to be very aware of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, tactics are across all cycling disciplines and probably more so in road cycling, but in mountain bike you still have that as well. And, and like you say, a lot of that, tactics are more about you know where, where you're passing someone and making sure you're in front of someone um, for for a section you know let's say you might be more suited to the descent you you want to make sure you're in front of that person who's a bit weaker there or if you're stronger on the climbs you want to um, or you're, you're planning to attack on a climb you need to make sure you're in the right position to, to do so and um, and also 
you know, like if you get caught up behind someone who's, who's about to blow up and fade and you, they lose the gap to the wheel as well in front of you, then that's extra energy you have to expend later to, to try like close that gap. So there's a lot of moments in the race and, and trying to keep yourself at the front of, front of the, the pack is like sometimes mentally you know where you need to be, but physically it's, mm. it's also not possible. So um, when you have the best races is when, when you feel good first and foremost, but also when you make the right kind of tactical decisions along the way. So the other thing about it is uh, you're the only Kiwi in the race as such, um, you know, who was up the front there, but sometimes you, you, you might be racing against uh, two or three guys from the same country, which was uh, the case in the Olympics. So is there any teams racing goes on in that regard, or is there just everyone, everyone for themselves? What, what's being said out there? Well, there in theory can be teams racing. Yeah, there's nothing saying you can't work as a team, but certainly at Olympics and mountain biking, uh, there wasn't any of that. You know, you look at the top nations with probably France and Switzerland, who were kind of the, some of the, the deeper squads with three riders, and, um, and those riders all have a chance of winning the race and or meddling. You know, pretty much everyone in their team has a chance of a medal, and most of them also have a chance at the win. So, those guys are not really out to work with each other. They're they're racing each other, even though they're under the same um, banner as a nation. But it's that's what I like as well. I prefer it that way. You know, I don't want to, you know, I want to race a race knowing that everyone on the start line is out to win, try and win it. You know, um, and that team tactics try not to not going to be a huge factor and I, I definitely appreciate that side of the sport How's, How was the body after that Olympic event because uh, you know your, your season was far from over so how did you feel mentally and physically uh, taking on the next uh, few events <laughs> yeah, To be honest I was, pretty, I was pretty ruined, I was pretty ridden off and I, don't, I didn't really expect that so much but um, you know like you, you spend a huge amount of time Building up to first of all game selection to the to the Olympic team and to make sure you have that I had that spot as a, as a, as the Kiwi rider and um, so you you spend a lot of energy doing that and then you have a short tiny little taper and then build straight up to peak for the Olympic Games and um, straight after the games I was really in a hole and I think part of that was obviously because and, and probably a good sign because it means I didn't I. <laughs> I had my peak planned to perfection. Um, it also meant that I suffered the rest of the season because I'd, I'd done my absolute maximum. And um, the last three odd races of the year, we had uh, world champs and two World Cups after that were were a real struggle for me. So, And, and I think mentally I was in the right space to, um, to continue racing and to have another crack, but physically I, I the body wasn't um, ready to keep racing. And been racing at a high level since February and, and suddenly after, you know, as you enter August and September and you're trying to still race at that high level without really having the opportunity to have a break after Olympics, that was a, a real challenge. So um, as you look forward, and I take it you're going to carry on, there's no doubt about it, you're only 27 years of age, so uh, you're in the top bracket, so you, you've got to keep going. So what, what, did you, what have you learnt, uh, even as you look at perhaps a schedule for next year, what... It won't be an Olympic year, so you can uh, take that part of it out. But what have you learned in terms of peaking and and conserving? Yeah, I mean, you learn you learn stuff every year. And to be honest, like I, I knew it would probably be a factor. My coach knew that as well. But with the nature of the Olympics, you know, that's all event that rolls around every four years, or in this case, five years. So 
um, we were going to put everything into that basket, and and that was you know our plan A, B, and C was Olympics, and after that we, you know, whatever happened happened. So um, going forward to next year, there's there's not Olympic games. We have Commonwealth Games, which will be a a big target, and also the World Championships. So um, they'll be the two main events. And outside of that, we have like a an eight race World Cup series, um, which will be you know the the next major events on the calendar. And I think I will try and kind of target a few a few World Cups in particular, like the first um, the first few. Um, the overall for the World Cup standing is not a priority for me, but I'd certainly like to tick off winning a, a World Cup next year and um, standing on the podium a few more times and and being up the shop in there. So we, I think I'll also have to certainly um, take a break, a mid-season break, and I'll look look at doing that in late May um, at this stage where there's a bit of a, a small gap in the calendar. I'll just have to make that work for me. So I'm, I'm strong at the back end of the season as well. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not the tax department here. I'm not the IRD, but is it a lucrative? Is it lucrative to be in the, you know, the top bracket? I mean, uh, in terms of... Uh, Royalties and, and sponsorship, etc., and prize money. What, what, I mean, I, I have absolutely no idea what the prize <laughs> money side of it is. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's a it's kind of a closely guarded thing, and um, you know, it's not quite the same as you know you see NRL players' salaries and all this kind of popping out every day all the time. But you know, like we've got top riders in the sport making millions of dollars, um, and the mountain bike is certainly a few riders earning hundreds of thousands of euros a year in a salary and I'd, I'd say any rider in the top um, 10 is, is certainly over kind of a couple of hundred thousand New Zealand dollars a year in a, in a salary. We are a salary-based sport. Um, prize money is, is very, is, is actually very low. You know, you win a, a, a World Cup and it's something like, I think it's maybe 7,000 New Zealand dollars um, if you're lucky, and it tails off very quick, is only prize money for the top ten. So, we rely on on a salary. We rely on bonuses from the team as well to bump up that kind of prize money aspect. And you know, so much of it is also performance based. You know, like you can be on a big salary one season, and and kind of <laughs> if you have a bad year the year after that, you can drop out of sport completely or, or fade right away. So, yeah, while there's money to be made, if you're up this the very sharp end there's there's also um money to be lost if you, if you drop out of it so net you days away from uh, being released out of miq well, what are you looking forward to most and how far back in the garage you're going to put your bike while you're while you rest and uh, recuperate <laughs> yeah i mean i can't wait to be out it's uh i've got my indoor trainer in here who actually ended up in, in christchurch and had um his family could drop off my, my road bike and the, and the trainer so i've kind of been spinning away but that's the really last thing I want to do is ride into a trainer's. I absolutely hate it, but it's got to be done. So um, I can't wait to get out in the hills again. Um, I'll, I have a few more days, you know, completely off the bike when I get out just to have a, a nice mental break and, and then I'll jump back on the bike. And to be honest, I'm quite looking forward to to training again because I feel like the last weeks have been just kind of, you know, it's a bit of a waste of time. You just um, all the time preparing to travel home and then and then actually travelling home and sitting around in MIQ it would be nice to actually get out and do something a bit more active again and um, yeah look forward to racing again next season Good luck mate uh, thanks very much as always I uh, enjoy talking to you and uh, I love your event and I love the way you go about it so thank, thanks for your time and uh, enjoy 
Enjoy life when you get out. Thank you. <laughs> cheers, Wilde. Yeah, cheers, Anton Cooper there. Great bloke. Absolutely fantastic.